think I'm on. Amen. Praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. God is good. Amen. All the time. Mom and Dad have a new family member in their house. Name is Maisie, huh? She's a little little what? Spaniard? Springer Spaniel. A little Springer Spaniel. Cute little dog. <clears throat> a cute little dog. Yep. And everybody's healthy? Doing well? A couple things on our prayer that we got to lift up. And one is uh, we need to keep praying for our brother-in-law, Bill Darpino. That he would be healed miraculously with this uh, cancer. And if there's anybody else out there that needs prayer, let him make sure to come to us so we can put you on the prayer list on Wednesday if you have any prayer requests. Prayer moves the hand of God. Amen? And we need to speak it and declare it in the heavenlies that God is in charge. He's healing our bodies. He is, he is the one... We get our help from. Amen? Amen. Jehovah Jireh, God our provider. Jehovah Rapha, God our healer. Amen? Amen. We're going to stand on it. Stand on the Word of God. All right. We are going to take up an offering, and then I'm going to let the kids get dismissed. Amen? Oh, Gracie, come on down. Who are you going for? Patriots or the Rams? I don't want to get the You don't want to, so you want the Rams to win. How many here want the Patriots to win? The Super Bowl. How many want, yeah, because Tom Brady's a good guy. He's one of the greatest quarterbacks that ever lived. And it doesn't matter. I'd like to see him win one more anyways. What the heck? They're not my favorite team. We're not debating this, okay? So who wants, so the rest of y'all want the Rams to win? Well, I'm both to lose. That's pretty much impossible. Oh, that's like saying I want them both to win. <laughs> Amen. All right, let's take up an offering. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you and praise you for your provision. Jehovah Jireh, God our provider. Lord Jesus, I thank you and I praise you that you are large and in charge. And we give you full commitment to this service and we give you a full commitment to our finances, Lord God. To all the works of our hands we dedicate to you and work unto the Lord. Let us work unto the Lord every day. No matter what we're doing, let it be to you, God, and to your glory. And I praise you and I thank you for what you're bringing into this house. And I pray that you would bless it and multiply it. And multiply it in your people, Lord God, a hundredfold. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> Thank you, Lord. God is good. All the time. All the time. Well, there's been a lot of things going on my, in my mind lately. <laughs> going through my mind. In my mind, through my mind. And should I start with all my notes? No, but there's been a couple of things, because there's been a lot of things going around that are a big concern, and when I was sharing on this with my wife, I was surprised to hear even a news guy say this, 
same comment. As is in the days of Noah. And that's the title of my sermon. The days of Noah and the days of today. Jesus said in Matthew 24, verse 17. He says, as it was in the days of Noah, so will it be at the coming of the Son of Man. Now we all know that God is coming soon. Right? We all agree on that. So when I read that scripture, I think to myself, well, how was it in the days of Noah? You know, I want to know because it's a comparison. As it is in the days of Noah, so it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. So I open up my Bibles to the days of Noah. A big, big flood. That wiped out all creation. I'm going to get to that, Mom. Hold your horses. (laughs) Got kids' church, Jackson. I was wondering if you were staying or going. All right. Listen to this. The days of Noah. Genesis chapter 6, verses 1 through 13 is what we're going to read. When man began to increase in number on the earth, and the daughters were born to them, the sons of God saw that the daughters of men were beautiful, and they married any of them they chose. Then the Lord said, My spirit will not contend with man forever, for he is mortal. His days will be a hundred and twenty years. The Nephilim were on the earth in those days. Anybody knows? What the Nephilim are? Giants. The Nephilim are giants. Does anybody know what the sons of God are? Who the sons of God are? They were angels. Fallen angels. We are the sons of God now. Amen? Amen. We are to be called the sons of God. Those who accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Not that we're angels, because we're higher than the angels. The angels are lower than us. God thinks more highly of us than he does of the angels, just so you get that clear. Anyways. So God was upset that these sons of God, these fallen angels, were taking men's women as their brides. And they created this race called the Nephilim, the giants. And he said, I've had enough. From now on, man's not going to live 900 years. How old is the oldest man in the Bible? His name starts with them. Methuselah. How old was Methuselah? 969 years old, Methuselah was. That's a long time to live. He said, I'm not going to put up with this anymore. Man's not going to live that long anymore. You're only going to live to be 120. He said, the Nephilim were on the earth in those days, and also afterward when the sons of God went into the daughters of men and had children by them, they were the heroes of old men of renown. The Lord saw how great man's wickedness on the earth had become. And that every inclination of the thoughts of his heart was only on evil all the time. 
The Lord was grieved that he had made man on earth, and his heart was filled with pain. So the Lord has emotions. Amen? That's a lesson I need to take. <laughs> I need to be a little more emotional. So the Lord said, I will wipe mankind whom I have created from the face of the earth. Men and animals and creatures that move along the ground and the birds of the air. For I am grieved that I have made them. But Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. This is the account of Noah. Noah was a righteous man, blameless among all, blameless among the people of his time. And he walked with God. You know what's interesting? Enoch is another man that walked with God. And Enoch lived to be like 360 years, and God took him. Enoch was the father of Methuselah, who was the father of Lamech. I don't need a mic. Only to record. He says, Noah was a righteous man, blameless among all the people of his time. And he walked with God. And that made me think. You know, we hear a lot of the saying about walking with God. You know, it's different. It's, it's different saying... Walking with God, then God walked with me. Then I'm walking, because when I'm walking with God, God's in charge. Right? I'm following His lead. The daughters of men were, and they went into them creating this new race called the Nephilim. God did pain. That He even made all of creation and the earth. The earth was corrupt in God's sight, and it was full of violence. But Noah was righteous, blameless, and he walked with God, who God saved. Just like Enoch, God took him. I wrote down here, who and where are the Noah's? Of today. We need Noah's of today. Yeah. Who is blameless? Who is blameless? Who is righteous? And who is walking with God? Matthew 24. Well, it says this. No one knows about the day or hour, not even the angels in heaven, nor the sons, but only the Father. As it was in the days of Noah, so it will be at the coming of the Son of God. And we know that Noah's days were wicked, evil, violent, and corrupt. How does that sound any different than today? 
pretty good sum up, summary of it, isn't it? It's wicked, evil, violent, and corrupt. I wrote down here, look up because God is coming back soon. The coming of the Son of Man is coming soon. Because our day today is no different than the days of Noah. God has given us signs in the heavens. God is screaming out loud, I'm coming back soon. Everything he said in Matthew 24 is coming to pass in our days. Right before our eyes. The birth pains have begun. Wars and rumors of wars are all over the place. We're talking about possibly entering in another conflict in Brazil and South America. We're already in conflict in the Middle East. And I have two nations over there. Syria, Afghanistan, Iraq and Iran. It's crazy. Now we're getting into another conflict over here in, the, in uh, South America. It's terrible. We are seeing evil and wickedness in our America like never before. Look at the bills that just got passed in New York State. I don't even call it a partial birth abortion. This is a birth abortion. This is a downright murder. This is criminal. Wickedness is in our government, in our America, like never before. In one breath, we have Congress trying to pass bills to allow babies being born, and then the doctors deciding whether or not with the mother it should live. But in that same breath, they want to protect the canker worm, caterpillar. It's the God's honest truth. There was a lady, congresswoman from Virginia, who wants to have babies that are born, set aside, resuscitated, made comfortable, until the mother and the doctor decide whether or not the baby should live. The baby is alive, breathing and well. And that same lady who wants to pass that bill that same day wants to protect the cankerworm caterpillar. Give me a break. It's a joke. It's darn right evil. It is evil. There is violence in our streets. I wouldn't want to walk around certain places in Chicago. Nobody would. There are certain places in, in, in most of our cities, even in our areas here close, because there's violence in our streets. There's a division in our country that the devil is setting up to divide us. Because a city divided is a city that will fall. A people divided is a people that will fall and fall prey to evil. You know, nowadays, most of us, like myself, I want to avoid large gatherings. 
Why? Because for one, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a father. I want to protect my family. I get a little nervous around large gatherings. Because you never know when the next mass shooting is going to take place. Or where. You don't know if some crazy person is going to get in a car and mow you down. And it's not just here in America, it's abroad. Francis was crazy with it. I can remember on the news just this last year, people getting in cars and trucks and mowing people down overseas like crazy. Getting out with their machetes after they mowed people down and slicing people up. It's insane. The world is full of violence. Matthew 24, 12, it's because of the increase of wickedness. Because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most will grow cold. You know, I don't know why I've never, I have never thought of Paul giving us such a warning about the times we're in today. And if you got your Bibles, you can turn to Romans 1. Excuse me. Romans 1. Paul. It's almost like Paul was teletransported to the future. And he might have been. Because Paul said he went to heaven and he saw things that he couldn't even describe. Things that he couldn't even speak of. And you think about a person living back then, 2,000 years ago. Think about, he wouldn't know what a cell phone is. You guys wouldn't know what to do without a cell phone. He wouldn't know what a computer is. He didn't know what planes were, helicopters, all this electricity. None of that was invented or there. You know, people driving around cars instead of chariots or wagons and horses. You know? Military might like that he would have never, if he saw, if God showed him what the military would be like in the future and the destruction. I mean, I, I just can't imagine what Paul actually saw. But it's amazing when you read this that Paul actually wrote this 2,000 years ago. And it seems like he was writing it as if he was here today. And I want to read it to you. You know, this is all... This whole thing that I'm preaching on today is a concern, a huge concern for me. Because I know when I was a kid growing up, it was America, home of the proud, home of the brave. It was America, a place where you can go out and, and you have a future that you are looking forward to going out and getting, working hard. And I look at where, the, where America has come in the last 40 years, and I wonder where has America gone? Where has the America that I knew as a kid growing up, where has it gone? It worries me. And it worries me because of the future of my grandkids and my children. 
and their children. I know the older generation here, they understand what I'm talking about. They know what it was like to be proud of America, where we sang the national anthem, we pledged allegiance to the flag, and we had prayer in school. We did. And we didn't have all these mass shootings. We didn't have all this violence that was going on. You look forward to getting older and growing up and being like, yeah, I can make a living. I can, I can make something of myself. And if you worked hard, you were rewarded for your work. But listen to this. The wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against all the godlessness and wickedness of men who suppress the truth by their wickedness. This was Paul writing this 2,000 years ago. The wickedness of men who suppress the truth By their wickedness. Think about that. I got a big thing down here in parentheses. Fake news. Fake news. And they know the heck of a thing is, they know it's fake. They know they're suppressing the truth. That's the problem. Since what may be known about God is plain to them. Because God has made it plain to them. For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, His eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen. being understood from what has been made, so that men are without excuse. Think about this. This is attack. Our Bible is attacked like never before. Never before. The story of creation is under attack like never before. Do you know that there's people out there trying to disprove Genesis? Because if they can disprove Genesis then they can disprove the whole Bible. But the facts are that many have tried to set out to disprove it. But the facts are they've all been turned to to the reality that, yeah, there was a creator, a God, a divine being who put all this in place. But yet they lie to us. They lie to our children. Why? It goes back to verse 1. It goes back to Because all the godlessness and wickedness of men who suppress the truth. Because of their wickedness. By their wickedness. They want to suppress the truth of creation. Because it doesn't profit them anything, basically. It's been clearly seen. God's hand 
in creation. You want to see God's hand in creation? You just look at a baby being formed in the mother's womb. Julie was showing me videos of that the other day on Facebook of these babies in the womb. Eight weeks, fully formed. Moving and functioning. It's unbelievable. That's God's creation. Each one. He says, I knew you before you were in your mother's womb. Before you were in your mother's womb, I knew you. And then you know what? I laid out a plan for you for your whole life. And it's because of men's wickedness that they want to snuff that plan out. It all goes back to the devil. I'm sorry, it's true. It says, for although, in verse 21, although they knew God, they neither glorified Him as God nor gave Him thanks to Him. But their thinking became futile and their foolish hearts were darkened. Although they claimed to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images. Made to look like mortal man and birds and animals and reptiles. It's true. They set up false gods. Heck, even the Israelites did it when Moses was on the mountain with God, talking with God. And because he was gone for too many days, they made a golden calf. And God swallowed them up. Don't you think the God who's the God and the same yesterday, today, and forever is going to do the same at the end to those who put up an idol before him? We have so many idols out there that take up our time. Anything that takes more time from God can be put as an idol. Really, it truly can. We have to be careful. Everything we do, we've got to give it to God. No matter what we do. Therefore, God gave them over. Listen to this. God gave them over in the sinful desires of their hearts to sexual impurity for the degrading of their bodies with one another. They exchanged the truth of God for a lie. And they worshipped and served created things rather than the Creator, who is forever praised. Amen. Sounds like today, doesn't it? Gave them over to sexual impurity for the degrading of their bodies. You know, there's people out there that are lobbyists. Lobbying. On all kinds of evil. On these congressmen, pressuring these congressmen to pass this, to pass the pedophilia, to make it legal. Where men or women can marry children. And you know what? It happens all around the world. There was a case not too long ago where a man from another nation married a six-year-old girl. Think about that. Six years old. And consummated the marriage when she was eight. 
How evil is that? How evil is that? Sexual immorality. It's evil. It's of the devil. Because of this, God gave them over to shameful lust. Even their women exchanged natural relations for unnatural ones. In the same way, the men also abandoned natural relations with women and were inflamed with lust for one another. I don't know, but I know the LGBTQ, A, B, C, D, E. They are out there like never before. In the last year, I have seen more commercials with a, pushing the homosexual agenda than ever before. And it's like just a little glimpse of one here and one there. I can't believe it. It's just what, just what Paul said. Paul wrote this 2,000 years ago again. Doesn't this sound like today? I was amazed when I read this. And I was like, wow. Men committed indecent acts with other men and received in themselves due penalty for their perversions. Furthermore, since they did not think it worthwhile to retain the knowledge of God, he gave them over to a depraved mind to do what ought not be done. They have become filled with every kind of wickedness, evil, greed, and depravity. They are full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, and malice. They are gossip, slanderers, God-haters, insolent, arrogant, and boastful. They invent ways of doing evil. How does that sound? Sounds pretty good description of today's days. Sounds like a pretty good description of Noah's days. They disobey their parents. They are senseless, faithless, heartless, ruthless. Although they know God's righteous decree... They, 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 those, that those who do such things deserve death. They not only continue to do these very things, but they also approve of the ones who practice them. Sounds like many politicians. In our government, under God, we trust. What happened to the America? We know. I see all this stuff right here that I've read just about every day on our TVs. And don't think that your kids are not seeing it. Because they're seeing it due to these Quick little commercials that they put in between their breaks. Some of these kid shows I watch are worse than some of these adult shows. Paul said, God made it plain. He made it all plain to these men. Since the creation of the world, 
He said, listen, I am God. I have created the earth. I have created you to do good things. But yet you deny me. You deny me praises. You deny my power. You deny my divinity. You deny the word of God. You deny my word. <coughs> you deny the truth. And it's like what Jesus said back in Matthew 24. It is because of the increase of wickedness. <clears throat> you know, one thing that is incredible about the Bible is that it's all true. The prophecies are all true. They're coming to pass. If not, have many of them have already come to pass. That alone makes the book incredible. Like a million, a trillion to one in what was said 2,000 years ago is coming to pass today. What was said about Jesus came to pass. Through Isaiah, the prophet, when he prophesied that a Messiah would come, the Christ, the Son of God, that he'd be raised up on a cross in three days, rose again. A lot of people think, oh, well, it's just a good book. You know, I was doing a little more research on the whole thing because God's made it plain to us. He made it so plain that he wrote a book about it <laughs> for us to read. He wrote it all out. He gave us the whole plans on how to live, how to act. But you know what's amazing about this book and about Christ? You know, he made it so clear that the only way to heaven is through Jesus and that Jesus died on the cross and rose again. But you know, I did a little research on it. Because I know back then there had to be more witnesses of Jesus' resurrection and the cross. And there's many, many more. There's many, many more writings about Jesus than the Bible. You know, there was a guy. He was a Roman historian in Nero's time. His name was Tactus. He wrote about the resurrection of Jesus. He wasn't a Christian. It's not in the Bible, but it's been written down. A Roman historian, his name Tactus, he wrote about the resurrection of Jesus. There was another governor, a Jewish historian. Listen to what he wrote. I wrote this down because it's just amazing. He said, about this time there lived Jesus, a wise man. If indeed one ought to call him a man. Did you hear that? Joseph writing this about Jesus. About that time there lived Jesus, a wise man. If indeed one ought to call him a wise man. For he wrought surprising feats. And I'm reading it like how they wrote it. For he wrought surprising feats. Then it goes on to say, he was the Christ. And when he means he wrought surprising feats, means that he did many miracles. Things that they could not explain. He was more than a wise man. You couldn't just call him a wise man. It said when Pilate condemned him to be crucified, those who had come to love him did not give up their affection for him. On the third day, he appeared, restored to life. 
And the tribe of Christians has not dispersed. Or has not disappeared, excuse me. Think about that. That was a man who witnessed the resurrection of Jesus. And this is his writing. It's not in the Bible. You're not going to find it. You're going to find it in the book of Josephus somewhere. A Jewish historian. You can find it through the Romans. The Greeks have another man called Lucian. He was a Greek satirist. The list goes on and on. Babylonian had another man called Talmud. These people all wrote about this miracle that took place. God's word is true. God's word is divine. He is the only true God. It's not just a good book. It's His word. Period. It's His word. Period. It's not just a good book. It is His word. It is a light for our feet. The the Bible is called a lamp to our feet. A light for our path. Why is it called that? Because it's a way to live. In this world we live in today, it's plain to see that there's evil and wickedness out there like never before. Never before. Well, it must have been before, because it must have been like in Noah's days. Because that's what the Bible compares Noah's days was like. And what happened in Noah's days? The flood came and washed them all away. And God only saved a handful of them. Noah, his wife, Noah's three sons, and his, their wives. So there was around eight of them that lived through the flood. And God started all over with them. It is plain. You know, the one thing about God's Word, it is plain. He didn't write this difficult to read. There's some things that are hard to understand in there when you get into the book of Revelation and they use pictures, you know, because John's writing the book of Revelation as he's seeing it and he's trying to describe it. But God's Word is plain. It's simple, easy to understand, and it's clear. There's no mix matched about it. People are at war with him. People are at war with God. There's a battle that's been raging for thousands of years. And the battle is getting stronger. The attacks are getting stronger on God's people, on God's word, on Christianity, on America, which was founded on God. The devil is working overtime to destroy all of it. He is trying to suppress the truth. He's trying to keep you down to destroy America and all of its Christian values and ideals in which it was founded on. The devil has successfully placed radicals in our government. Who can't even swear on the Bible when they get sworn in to office 
They won't place them. It hasn't been until recently, until like in the 2000s, everybody, when they got sworn into office to serve our government, or to, to lift up our Constitution, would have to put their hand on the Bible. Put their left hand on the Bible and raise their right hand, and they'd be sworn into office. Nowadays, they're not doing that. Nowadays, they can put their hand on the Koran. How can they uphold our Constitution if they don't even believe in the Bible? And how can we elect officials that do that? What do we expect from them? They're going to push their ideals and their ideal, idealistic on us, on, our, on the people. He's successfully invading our colleges with professors that are so radical, that don't believe. If you, well, I wrote it down. If you don't believe me, just ask our grandkids that have been in college, that are going to college. They know. And if you don't believe them, you don't believe me, then do the research yourself. They want to attack Christian schools now. They want to come after Christian schools. It's the next thing. The next thing is going to be coming after the Christian church. Because they're going to say what we're saying at the pulpit is hate speech. This is all playing out before us, right before our eyes. All of this is taking place. We are losing generation to generation when they leave our homes and they go off to school. Because what happens is they get indoctrinated with with a different worldview than Christianity. While the church is asleep <laughs> and the watchmen have been lulled asleep while on duty. I wrote down here, we have to do something. And it's something more than just speaking the word. Because the Bible says faith without works is dead. In James 2.26, it says the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without deeds is dead. What good is it to say something and not do anything? One thing to, to, to express your opinion and voice it, to make yourself known. But we need to do so, we need to act on that. It's time we raise a shout. It's time we raise a hallelujah in the presence of our enemy. Because you know what happens when we start praising God? My mother-in-law taught me this. When you start praising God and worshiping God, the devil has to flee. When we start praising and worshiping God, the devil has to flee. How many here feel like they've been under attack? How many here feel like your families are under attack? Your children are under attack? How about your finances? How come you feel like you can't get, go do any better? 
You're working 24-7 almost, and you're tired. Well, wives have to work hard. They work hard. Don't get me wrong. They clean, cook, and watch children. And they work. They have jobs. So, and men work hard too. And it's hard in this day and age to provide a good living for your family when everything gets harder and harder to pay for, it gets more costly. Expenses go up. And as the kids get older, expenses go higher. <laughs> and it's the plan of the devil. He's got us like rats in a, in a rat race. In one of those little spinny wheels. Running and running and running and running. And we can't stop because if we stop, then the whole world we think falls apart. We've got to start trusting God. We've got to stand up. We've got to start raising a shout of hallelujah. Amen. I believe it. Raise a shout of hallelujah. Praise God. Start worshiping God. Because God is great. And time is short. And the enemy's out there roaring like a lion. Amen? Did we get that song, Joe, Raise a Hallelujah, by Bethel, or no? I know my wife is planning on doing this song next week. But I wanted to, I want to get her in here, too. Can you, can you get it? It's by Bethel Church called raise a hallelujah I want to I'll close with that but um, I want to I would like to play it if we can and if we can get it on Annie can you run back and get your mom and the kids because I know that she would want to see it and hear it too I have it on my phone if you need it Joe Let's stand up for the blessing. I'll say the blessing over you while Joe's working on that. And then I'm going to close with that. So I wasn't preaching that long, was I? 12.39, half hour. That's pretty good, pretty good, huh? Thank you, Lord. Did anybody get anything out of that? I know I'm ranting and raving, but <laughs> but it's the truth. A lot of it's the truth. Thank you, Lord. Let's raise our hands. May the Lord bless you and may the Lord keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace on all sides. And may this day you be blessed. May you just enjoy God's company in your heart. And may you, Lord God, just uh, bless your people today, Lord God, as we go out from here. And I just pray that you would give us all a good day as we enjoy each other and at the Super Bowl, and I just pray, Lord God, that you give us a good game, and that you would protect and watch over each person here, 
In Jesus' name, amen? Amen. Joel's going to try to get that thing up.